welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 30 of Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan. I am, as usual, your host, Brian Brennan, in the place to be. Happy Monday, folks. It's the beginning of the week. It's still, unfortunately, the beginning of the NFL offseason and the beginning of what I like to call the void between the end of football season and the beginning of baseball season. No disrespect to basketball or hockey. It's just hard with the regular season. Sometimes it gets so tedious between those two sports, honestly. Like, I know, I know, I look, I love basketball. I, I'm a huge basketball fan, but sometimes, you know, like with teams like the Brooklyn Nets, you know, you know, they're holding it back. They're waiting to turn it on for the postseason. And it's, it's hard to get excited. Like, teams like the Lakers, like teams like that, you know, they're not, they're holding back a little bit. So, they can be ready for the postseason, and it's not as exciting for me, honestly. And you know, it's 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 kind of the same with hockey too. I mean, playoff hockey is like a whole other animal. Playoff hockey is just the best, honestly. Um, but yeah, I really I call this period the void. Um, it, it's it's not um, it's it's just you know it's not fun, honestly. Football season's just ended, and we're just waiting for baseball season to begin. I hate that feeling. I hate that time period um, where we're just sitting around twiddling our thumbs. Uh, some people don't even like baseball. Like I, it's, 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 and some people, for some people, this is just like some people don't like basketball or hockey either. I'm lucky. I like basketball or hockey, but um, yeah. So let me introduce what, you, what we've got going on in today's episode. Uh, this is going to be a shorter episode than in previous weeks um, because of um, because of um, you know, now the Super Bowl's over, and plus we don't have an interview in today's episode. Uh, there's no football to talk about in today's show. So what we have today is an Ask Brian, uh, in which I was asked some, Ask Brian 3.0, in which I was asked some very good questions, some some great questions by um, listeners, fans, friends of the show. Um, I, I had some really good questions this time. I had a lot of fun answering them. And then we've got the outro, and you know how the outro goes now. Um, the outro, we just go through all the headlines in the sports world, um, one by one, one at a time, um, breaking down, uh, what happened. And, um, you know, I, I was actually thinking about it. I was trying to think why I've been having such long outros. I think I know why I have such long outros because I based them off of ENN, which is the segment on the Michael K show in which Peter Rosenberg does the same exact thing. Where he goes through headline after headline, and I didn't, I, I didn't realize I was basing it off that until just a couple of days ago, when I realized Peter's doing the exact same thing that I'm doing right on my show. I mean, he did it first, obviously, but um, and he does it better than I'll ever do it. But um, yeah, so I realized that. Um, I mean, I watch the K Show and I listen to the K Show every day, so uh, I, I guess I got it from ENN. Um, but yeah, the outro is a lot of fun. Uh, I think the outro is a huge hit. Like, I think the outro is, uh, you know, really ma- a good outro really makes a, the, the show for me. So um, we've got that. And plus, I already said, Ask Brian. That's a lot of fun. Um, happy Valentine's Day to all of you who celebrate. Um, I'll be honest. Personally, I don't celebrate Valentine's. I just don't think it's a very good holiday. It's got nothing to do with love. Like, I just want to say, like, People come at me, oh, you must hate love. Like, you must not believe in relationships. Look, I believe in love. I believe in happy relationships. I believe in successful marriages. I believe in all of that. I believe in, every, like, finding your true soulmate, 
you're finding your one true love. I believe in all that. I don't stop you from you from celebrating that. The one thing I will say, the reason I don't like Valentine's Day is because I believe that if you truly love someone and if you truly love something, you tell them that you love them every single day. Not just one day a year. There shouldn't be one designated day a year to tell someone you love them. So that's why I'm not a fan of Valentine's Day personally. But I'm not going to stop people from celebrating the day. You know, if you observe it, I guess. Um, I don't observe Valentine's Day, I guess. So, um, yeah, I, I just... And that's the reason why. It's not. It's got nothing to do with love or anything like that. I love love. Uh, love is love, to quote Lin-Manuel Miranda. So um, I'm not trying to knock anybody who celebrates Valentine's Day. This is just why I don't believe in it. But... Um, and um, like I said, when we had Tim on um, last week's episode, Happy Chinese New Year. It's the year of the ox. Um, so I hope this brings a lot of prosperity into the new year as well. Um, so Happy Chinese New Year again. Um, and yeah, um, I, th I think that's pretty, pretty much covers what we've got going on in today's episode. Um, I think we've introduced today's episode long enough. Why don't we move into Ask Brian? Um, like I said, everybody asked a lot of really good questions this time. Um, I had a lot of fun a answering the questions. Uh, I think this is, you know, one of the best Ask Brian's yet for sure. So, um, we'll just jump right into it. Here is today's Ask Brian. It is time for today's edition of Ask Brian. You know how this goes by now. You send me your questions. I answer them. Personally, I don't think there's a bad question out there. So uh, I just answer pretty much any question asked of me uh, on this Ask Brian. So let's just jump right into it, folks. Um, like I said, questions are about sports. But there are a couple um, non-sports related questions as well, uh, including our first question here, which comes from a former guest of the podcast, uh, Pat Stein. Uh, he asked me, where are my favorite places to walk? Um, so I'm going to talk about, I, I, I mean, I have favorite places to walk all over the world, basically. But um, I, I want to talk specifically about my favorite places to walk in D.C. Um, the walk I normally do in D.C. is, um, I call it the Green Line Corridor, kind of. Because that's where the Green Line of the D.C. Metro goes through. Is I usually start in the Petworth neighborhood of Washington, D.C., uh, and then I work my way down uh, either by Sherman Avenue or by Park Road, usually through the neighborhood of Columbia Heights, down to U Street, which is, you know, really cool neighborhood. I mean, there's so much to see on U Street. There's all kinds of murals. That's where Ben's Chili Bowl is, which is an iconic, um, iconic hot dog venue. I mean, if, if you're in D.C., you got to go to Ben's Chili Bowl. I mean, it's, it's a classic. Uh, on, you never know what you're going to see on U Street. So uh, I walk around U Street a lot. Then normally... I go down um, 7th Street as well. I uh, keep walking through the neighborhood of Shaw, uh, which is another nice neighborhood. That's where Howard University is. I think it's a really cool upcoming neighborhood. And um, yeah, then I walk usually down through downtown, um, close to the arena, Chinatown, um, that whole area. Um, sometimes I'll go the other way. I'll go down towards DuPont Circle. I'll, I'll go um, down to Farragut Square near the White House and all that. Um, that's the main walking path I normally take in Washington, D.C. Um, I also, um, sometimes in Maryland, I love, I love walking in Rockville. Uh, shout out to Tim Clark. Tim Clark and I actually, we take a lot of socially distant walks, 
around the area of Rockville um, in downtown. Uh, it's usually where we meet up. And um, we usually walk, walk around there. There's a whole lot around there that I, I didn't know about before until I started doing all these walks. That's, that's you know, honestly, folks, the main, you know, other than the health benefits of walking, the main reason I, I like to go on walks is just you never know what you're going to see. I mean, you I, like I talk about all the murals and stuff you see on, on U Street. You just never know what you're going to see when you go for a nice long walk. And uh, especially in a city like D.C. or... Wherever you are, really, I, I just encourage people, like, you know, go go for a really long walk sometime. You'll really enjoy it. I, I, I do it every day, and I really, really enjoy it. So uh, that's where I like to walk around where I live. Um, when I'm home in New York, uh, I do this walk with my dad sometimes, uh, or he'll walk up Central Park West uh, and then cut back through the park and then go back up Central Park West again and then go back through the park again. It sounds really long, but it's actually... Not that far. I mean, you know, New York's pretty close together, so I kind of like that walk too. Um, but yeah, um, those are my favorite walks to do. Uh, good question, Pat. Thank you for asking that. Uh, Charlie Ferrillo, you know, I mentioned he was, I was on his podcast, uh, ostensibly a sports show last week. Charlie asked me, do you think the Knicks have a legit chance to make the playoffs or will they fade? No, I actually really think this Knicks team does have a chance to play to make the playoffs. I lo I'm loving the way Julius Randle is leading this team right now and the way RJ Barrett's just getting better and better. I, I, I really like that. I mean, we've won our last two games and looked good in both of them. Blowout wins against the Wizards and Rockets. Uh, D. Rose seems to have really made a difference so far. I know he's only been here for three games, but um, you know the way he's taking Emmanuel quickly under his wing like that is very positive to see, and you know Tom Thibodeau is the right guy for this team. I mean, we've we've seen it in the stats, the way the defense has just completely turned around in his first season as Knicks head coach. The Knicks have one of the best defenses in the entire league right now, if not the best defenses in the league. So, I mean, there's questions obviously about uh, scoring. Um, that's why there were some rumors about getting Bradley Beal last week, which, folks, I'm not I'm not buying at all. I I heard a lot of talk, you know, I listen to a lot of New York sports radio, and I heard a lot of talk of, about Bradley Beal coming to the Knicks. Personally, I don't think that's going to happen at all. I don't, I don't see that happening. It would, it would just be, I don't think it would be a good deal for either side, personally, the Wizards or the Knicks. So um, I'm hoping that they don't pursue it. But um, as far as the, as the Knicks currently stand, they are a good, they are an all right team. And with there being uh, a play-in this year, um, I believe for the 7 and the 10 and the 8 and the 9, then yeah, I think you go all for it at this point. The Knicks are currently the 9 seed. They're, they're looking good. They're beating teams that they should be beating. So yes, to answer Charlie's question, I think the Knicks actually do have a legit chance to make the playoffs. Let's move to another question about a New York team. Uh, are, am I buying the Mets in the NL East? This comes from Paul the Boxing Guy. Uh, shout out to Paul. Uh, he hasn't been on Sports on the Hill in a while. Let's get Paul back on Sports on the Hill. He's 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 the man. He's always he always brings hot takes. Uh, so shout out to Paul. And he asked me, "Am I buying the Mets in the NL East?" Ah, Paul, I don't know, man. The NL East is going to be so competitive this year. It's going to be really difficult to tell. I mean, you got the Braves, who were one win away from going to the World Series last year. They blew a three-one lead uh, to the Dodgers in the NLCS. People forget that. Uh, the Braves were really close to going to the World Series last year. You've got the Nationals, who just won the World Series two years ago, still have a good core of that team. Uh, at, at, still still have that team. You've got the Phillies with JT Real Muto. Um, they just re-signed him, and of course they've still got Bryce Harper, and shout-out to Didi Gregorius, uh, one of our favorite players. Um, 
Didi, you know, is a good shortstop for them. And, you know, I don't, I, I don't think the Marlins are going to make any noise in the NL East. Um, they did make the playoffs in the expanded playoffs shortened season last year, but obviously it was a shortened season. But, um, you know, this is going to be really competitive. And um, I don't know if the Mets are the best. I personally, I don't know what to make of the Mets. You know, we'll talk a little bit about the Pakoda projections uh, towards the end of today's show. But I, I don't know if I'm, I'm buying the Mets. I love that they got Lindor. Like, I think that's such a huge move for them. To get Francisco Lindor is enormous for the Mets. Uh, I talked about it at the time, saying how, how it was like getting Keith Hernandez or Gary Carter for the Mets. But um, as far as winning the NL East, I think he's, the money's still on Atlanta for me. Uh, but we'll talk about what these wacky Pakoda predictions, uh, projections uh, said towards the end of the show. Uh, Mike Edgley, roundtable member, loyal friend, aspiring music critic, as I call him. Michael Edgley asked me, is Mike Allstott a Hall of Famer? Now, this goes back to something Mike and I were talking about offline last week before the Super Bowl. We were talking about um, the, how the Hall of Fame voting broke down, and Mike was like, Lee's really upset that Mike Allstott's not in the Hall of Fame. And I was like, from my first reaction, I'm like, why? Mike Allstott in the Hall of Fame? That's ridiculous. Why would Mike Allstott be a Hall of Famer? Well, I looked at the numbers because uh, just for the sake of argument here, and Mike Allstott's career totals, 158 games played, 5,088 yards rushing, averaged 3.7 a carry. Uh, long for his career was 47 yards rushing. Uh, that's pretty cool. Um, 58 career touchdowns. Um, only 23 fumbles. That's pretty good. So, yeah, uh, Mike Allstott has good numbers. And he won a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2002 when they beat the Raiders. So, Mike Allstott, I understand why he's a Tampa Bay Buccaneers legend. Like, he is an all-time great for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, without a doubt. You know, no questions asked. Mike Allstott is one of the greatest Tampa Bay Buccaneers to ever wear their jersey. But as far as the Pro Football Hall of Fame goes... I don't, I don't, I don't really think so. Um, no, a thousand yard season. Um, I know he was a fullback, and that's not really the fullback's job to rush the ball that much. But no, a thousand yard season. The closest he came was nine hundred and forty nine in the nineteen ninety nine season. Um, that's pretty, that's not bad. That's I mean, look, I'm not knocking Mike Allstott, and I'm not trying to knock Lee's hero. I mean, like, imagine I, I feel like if it's like somebody told me Derek Jeter wasn't getting into the Hall of Fame or something, but like. I'm not trying to knock Lee's guy here, but, you know, he's definitely an all-time great Tampa Bay Buccaneers player. But in terms of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, I think Mike Allstott, unfortunately, comes up a little bit short. But maybe someday, maybe on the Veterans Committee, maybe people will appreciate the fullback position a little bit more and guys like Mike Allstott will get in. All right, next question comes from my friend Natalie Noble uh, out of Cleveland. Uh, shout out to Natalie. Uh, congratulations to Natalie, by the way. She just got engaged, so congratulations to um, her and her fiancé, Matt, uh, before I move into her question. Uh, Got to get that out of the way. Uh, Natalie, who's a big Cleveland Browns fan, big Cleveland uh, fan across the board, asked me, are the Browns going to win the Super Bowl? Well... I don't even know if the Browns are going to win their division next year, honestly. It's going to be tough with the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers. But they did have a great season this year. Um, you know, winning that, ga winning that game in Pittsburgh in the playoffs, 
And they're trending in the right direction. They really are. I understand why Browns fans are really hyped up going into this upcoming season. I understand why they feel like they think they could win the Super Bowl, but you know, you've got a tough division. You've got the Steelers, you've got the Ravens, and you've got a young Joe Burrow as well. And if you get past all them, then you've got, you know, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs waiting for you in the in the next round of the AFC or Josh Allen possibly waiting for you for Buffalo. So I don't know. I'm not willing to I'm willing to say the Cleveland Browns are going to build off of what they did this past season. Uh, which was great. Uh, they had a great season. I'm willing to say they'll build off of that, and they will make the playoffs again next season. But as far as winning the Super Bowl, I can't quite say they're going to do that just yet just because of how difficult the AFC is. But um, shout-out to Natalie. Again, congratulations on getting engaged. Uh, as she always says, Cleveland is the reason. If my friend John Rice were here, he'd say Cleveland is the reason for economic instability. But... Um, Shout out to Natalie. Uh, thank you for the question, Natalie. Great question. And um, we'll see how the Browns do um, next season. All right, Arun. We know we know what Arun always asks me when we do the Ask Brian. Um, Arun always comes at me with the food questions. And um, Arun asked me a couple food questions. Arun, I'll, ask, I'll answer Arun's a couple. He asked me for the best wing places. And I guess he means in Montgomery County. Honestly, folks, I couldn't think of too many places that do good wings in Montgomery County. I really couldn't. Like, it's 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 not really. Like, I don't think we're really known for it. Like, I'll even I I think back to all of the times I've gone to like even like a Buffalo Wild Wings in Montgomery County and just been a little disappointed. So I couldn't really. I even told Arun this when he asked me the question. Like, I really couldn't think of anywhere. You know, the main place I could think of was basically Wingstop, and Wingstop's a national chain. So. um I'm sure there are plenty of good... I know there are some good food trucks that come to my apartment complex every now and then that have really good wings. But, um... And another question Arun asked me, I, I, I don't have an answer for too, is he asked me where my favorite... Some of the new restaurants I like, like what some restaurants I like are. And I don't really have an answer for that because for the last year I haven't really been going to new restaurants because I've been on lockdown like everyone else. So um, I didn't really have an answer for Arun when it came to that. But um, he did ask me uh, one sports-related question, too. Um, he asked me what I think about Danny Ainge uh, of the Celtics GM and what he's done these last couple of years. And um, people, he was, see, we were talking about um, their draft pick this year, Nesmith, and how um, they could have had a guy like Cole Anthony or Sadiq Bey um, on the Celtics. And honestly, I understand why Celtics fans like maybe Ethan Winter, would be frustrated with that particular decision. But overall, I mean, Danny Ainge has been a great executive for the Celtics for many years. Um, you think about all the trades he made, obviously, to, to put together the, the big three, the original big three of KG and um, Ray Allen and Paul Pierce. You know, you think about all the moves he made there, and plus, you know, the absolute robbery of Brooklyn to get rid of them uh, as well, uh, of Billy King. We were actually... T we were talking about that too, Arun and I. And uh, Billy King, man, I mean, what was he thinking with that trade? I mean, that is one of the dumbest trades I in, you could possibly imagine in sports history by the Brooklyn Nets to give to give up all those picks for an over the hill KG and Paul Pierce. It was a ridiculous decision by 
by the Brooklyn Nets. But I, I, under, I still kind of understand why they did it, honestly. You know, it was they were new to Brooklyn at the time. Um, they wanted to make a splash. They wanted to make a scene in the New York market. But that's not how you do it, folks. That's not how you do it. But as far as Danny Ainge goes, um, I actually think he's still a great GM. You know, I, I think he still makes a lot of really good moves. Um, the Kyrie trade didn't quite work out, but I, I think... Um, you know, I they the way they build their team is smart, and you know they have nice players like Tatum and Brown and Marcus Smart and a good coach and Brad Stevens. So I I think Danny Age is still doing a pretty good job. I, I still think you can't really hate on the guy uh, right now for what he's doing in Boston. So um, just to answer Arun's questions, um, I don't know any good wing places in Montgomery County. I'm sorry, Arun, um, and uh, I also can't really answer your new restaurant question because I haven't really been to too many new restaurants over the past year. But um, as far as Danny Ainge goes, Danny Ainge is still, in my opinion, a, a pretty good GM when it comes to the, the Celtics. And uh, he, I think he's going to keep doing a pretty good job. All right. Pat Honan is another guy who asks a lot of questions. Um, so I had to narrow it down a little bit for Pat Honan. Um, so <laughs> two of his questions are just hilarious. By the way, I'll answer the two hilarious questions and then the one more serious Yankees-related question. Um, the first question is, what will last longer, Aaron Rodgers' football career or his relationship? Now, um, shout out to Aaron Rodgers. It's recently been revealed that he uh, is engaged to Shailene Woodley. Uh, congratulations to the two of them. It's, obviously, it's very fast. Um they they re they really just started dating recently, but you know what? I'm not in the spirit of Valentine's Day. I'm not gonna knock it, and I'm not gonna say anything about it. And uh, I'm just gonna wish them well and say you know best of luck uh, with your engagement. Um, you know what? I hope I to answer Pat's question though. I hope his relationship lasts longer than his football career because he has what maybe five years or so left of his football career now at this point, you would hope that his relationship would last much longer than that if it truly is meant to be, right? So let's go with the relationship. Um, I'm going to guess that Aaron Rodgers' relationship with Shailene Woodley will last longer, although I feel bad for uh, Danica Patrick, who we just broke up with before this, to date Shailene Woodley, and I also obviously feel bad for Olivia Munn, who he also had a relationship with, but um, man, he just jumped right into this one. They're engaged right away, um, but again, congratulations to them. Um, all right, so Pat's second hilarious question was, uh, what happens first? Britney Spears performs again, or a New York team wins a championship? Now, I'm going to be honest with you folks, I'm not into this world at all, so... I am aware that Britney Spears is going through some stuff right now. I, I can't tell you specifically, like, I can't tell you details about it. I really honestly don't care either. Like, the, uh, why would I care about that at all? So I'm not going to pretend I, like, I know about that. But I'm also going to say that despite, of, despite this, I'm going to say Britney Spears will perform before a New York team wins a championship. Because I have, you know, even everybody gets a second chance in the entertainment business. Even if you, even the biggest possible screw ups get a second chance in the entertainment business. And Britney Spears 
is a pop icon. Like people worship. Like I, I, there are people who are obsessed with Britney Spears. Remember that Chris Crocker guy who was like screaming, "Leave Britney alone!" Like there are people who are obsessed with Britney Spears. So I think Britney Spears will, no matter what, we'll see her again. I mean. Ellen DeGeneres had some pretty terrible things said about her, and she's still doing her show. So, you know, I'm not an expert. I Honestly, I couldn't tell you what is happening with Britney Spears. It doesn't sound good. It sounds like a terrible look, and I don't know anything about that world. Like, I'm not a Britney Spears fan or anything like that. Like, clearly, I don't know anything about this. But I will say she will perform again. And, and in terms of, like, New York championships, like, I don't know. Is she probably is she going to perform before before May when the NBA Finals is when the Nets might be in the finals or October when the Yankees might be in the World Series? I don't know. The timing will be close, but I will say I, I plus COVID and everything. I don't know. I I have a feeling some place that's really open will be like let's get a bunch let's get together a boatload of money and bring in Britney Spears to perform. Uh, all right, so let's move into Pat's sports-related question. Not that the other two questions aren't sports-related. This question is specifically sports-related. Like, this is a 100% sports-related question. He asked me over-under number of wins for the Yankees. Um, I'm going to, you know, we I talked about the Pocota projections, uh, which we'll talk about in the outro today. But uh, the Pocota projections have the Yankees at 96 wins. So I will put it at about that. Um, and I will go with the over personally. I think the Yankees will win somewhere between like 98 to 100 wins, more than more than 96. But uh, I think 96 sounds about right when you're talking over under. Uh, that seems like the right place to be for this team. So uh, that's my prediction. Uh, thank you to Pat for all your questions, uh, even though some of them are just wow. I mean, that Britney Spears question, man. Ah, oh, man. Thank you for the questions, Pat. That, that, that was great. And um, let's move to another Pat. Uh, my dad asked the last question of the day, what do I think of the Universal DH? I think um, anybody who's listened to this show or knows me personally knows what I think about the Universal DH. I am all for it. I think it absolutely needs to be enforced, and I'm absolutely stunned that Major League Baseball hasn't completely put it in yet completely instituted in a universal DH. I mean, this is the perfect time to do it. We've already got this crazy runner on extra, runner on um, second extra innings rule, which will be here this season. We've got all these other crazy rules that are so stupid. We can't have a universal DH? I'm sick of the pitcher hitting! I'm sick of the pitcher going up there looking at three straight pitches or swinging horribly. The only time I've ever ever been remotely excited the two times I've ever been remotely excited to see a pitcher hit the first time was in the 2009 World Series when Andy Pettit got an RBI single that was the that was shocking to me I didn't see it coming but it was a huge moment and a huge turning point in that game three and it helped the Yankees win that game and the World Series that was the only other time I've been okay with pitchers hitting other than when Bartolo Colon hit his famous home run that was awesome but other than that, pitchers hitting is just awful. I'm tired of it. And not to mention, a lot of National League teams have already planned around the idea of having the DH this season. For example, the New York Mets were planning on having Dominic Smith at first base and Pete Alonso as their DH. 
They won't be doing that. The Washington Nationals went out and signed Kyle Schwarber this year with the intention of making him their DH. And now there won't be a universal DH. So they need to stop screwing around and institute a universal. It is time for a universal DH. I mean, I, I, I know there are people who are against me who are just baseball purists who think the pitcher should hit. But it is time, man. It is past time. It's America's past time. Ah, see what I did there? It, it's past time for a universal DH. And we need to, you know, we need to institute it now. I mean, it was great last summer when we had it in the 60-game season. The 60-game season, you know, let's be honest, it kind of sucked as a whole. Like every, every, with everything going on and all these crazy rule changes. And plus, not to mention, it was only a 60-game season. Um... It kind of sucked, but uh, it it did you know take some um, we did take some things away from it, and they're gonna move forward. And I thought the universal DH should have been one of them, and I'm still hoping, I'm holding out hope that they will have a universal DH this season. That they will come up with the agreement and they will have a universal DH. But um, yeah, that's just my thoughts on that. Uh, thank you for uh, my question. Thank you for that question, Dad. And uh, thank you to everybody who uh, asked a question on this week's Ask Brian. I think we got a lot covered. Uh, let's move into today's outro. All right, folks, it is time for today's outro. You know what the outro brings. We just talk about a bunch of headlines that we may have missed in the last couple of days uh, across the sports world. Um, I was going to start off by acknowledging who won the Daytona 500, but unfortunately at the time of this recording, it is not yet finished. There was a 16 car pileup and then there was a lightning delay. So the Daytona 500 has not yet restarted and there has not yet been a winner. So um, maybe on the next episode, I will mention the winner of the Daytona 500. But um, I know you're thinking, whoa, Brian actually talked about NASCAR on his show. That's really shocking. But um, I just wanted to, you know, for the sake of being a sports show, since NASCAR is technically considered a sport, quote-unquote, that I would at least mention whoever won the Daytona 500. But nobody has won the Daytona 500 yet because it's not over yet. So um, maybe we will mention that on the next episode. J.J. Watt was released by the Houston Texans. Um, this was the big news, I think, on Friday, uh, J.J. Watt, after 10 years with the Houston Texans, being such a great leader on and off the field, you think about all the money he raised uh, for hurricane relief in Houston. Um, J.J. Watt has been such a tremendous leader for the city of Houston. Um, and it was kind of surprising to see him get released like this, but you know, I guess the Texans are in full rebuild mode. And so... J.J. Watt will be, you know, it'll be different in Houston without him next year. We'll see where he ends up. Um, I've, you know, I, I saw, I saw some people talking about him maybe going to the Giants. I don't think that's going to happen. Personally, if I'm J.J. Watt, uh, I would go back. I would go to Pittsburgh and sign with your brother, play with your brothers, T.J. and Derek. Uh, they both all, they both play in Pittsburgh, so to have all the Watts playing in the same city would be kind of cool. Um, and they would terrorize. And TJ and JJ Watt just terrorizing def like offenses. I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, and I just wanted to make a mention that, you know, look at all the stars the city of Houston has lost over the last two years. Started with Garrett Cole coming to the Yankees. 
Then it then DeAndre Hopkins gets traded to the Cardinals in you know what what was Bill O'Brien thinking? Just an awful trade. Um, and then James Harden in that mega deal goes from the Rockets to the Nets. He basically you know he plays his way out of Houston, talks his way out of Houston, and then gets traded. George Springer, the lead, you know the center fielder, the World Series MVP on the team that cheated, uh, leaves the Astros, leaves the Cheaters, and goes to the Toronto Blue Jays, and now J.J. Watt is gone. Who's next? Deshaun Watson? Possibly. It's looking that way. It's looking very possible Deshaun Watson could be the next Houston athlete to be moved. But we will see how that goes. We will see how that develops over the course of the offseason. Still a lot of time left when it comes to Deshaun Watson. But for now, you know, J.J. Watt, Watson did actually take to Twitter to salute J.J. Watt. He posted a nice little message to him. Um, so that was cool. You know, it's showing respect from one Houston Texans great player to another. Um, I thought that was really nice. So um, we will see where J.J. Watt ends up. Um, I wanted to talk about uh, the daughter of the designer of the Lombardi Trophy. Um, was disappointed in how Tom Brady was using her father's trophy. Uh, you might remember last week at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Super Bowl Parade, Tom Brady heaved the Lombardi Trophy from the super, his boat to Rob Gronkowski's boat. And so Lorraine Groves said that her father, Greg Groves, was the master silversmith at Tiffany & Co. from 1967 to 1994 and designed the very first Lombardi trophy. She called for Tom Brady to apologize for his behavior. It just upset me that this... This is her quote. This is Lorraine Groves' quote. It just upset me that this trophy was disgraced and disrespected by being thrown as if it were a real football. I have a big history of this trophy being made by my father, and it's such an honor. And I know all the craftsmen that made it when my dad was there also at Tiffany's. And it takes a lot of hard work. So as you can see, she's clearly very distraught. Um, the only thing I could think about, um, I, when, I, when I saw this, I was thinking about um, what, what if the designer of the, the daughter of the person who designed the Stanley Cup was complaining about how the hockey players who win the Stanley Cup treat their trophy. <laughs> like, for example, like I remember when the Capitals won the Stanley Cup a couple of years ago. I mean, they were just like throwing it around and like drinking all kinds of things. Who knows what the Capitals were drinking out of that thing, honestly. Um, and um, so I wonder what, if, how the person who designed the Stanley Cup's feeling about I wonder how their family's feeling about how hockey players treat it. But yeah, honestly, um, personally, if I were her, I would just relax a little bit. It's not that big of a deal. Like it's it's yeah, it, it I I he won the Super Bowl. Let him if it, you know they can just make another one. If it, you know if you're that good at making them, maybe you can just make another one. If it were to get damaged, or it's, it's easy to fix. But um, I I do understand. I, I guess I understand her concern. You know that trophy's been around for such a long time. Uh, to toss it around loosey-goosey like that the way that Tom Brady did. Um, probably not the best look, but, you know, whatever. He just won a seventh. I think he feels like he can do whatever he wants. Um, so, Last Chance You, which is a, a show on Netflix that I really like. Uh, it's an awesome show about, um, you know, community colleges and junior colleges. 
Um, it was about football. It used to be about football teams. Uh, but this year they're going to switch it from to from football teams to basketball teams. And I think that's going to be really interesting too. Um, just, you know, having been around college basketball programs before, I think it's going to be a really interesting story uh, for, for them to cover. And uh, that's going to come out on Netflix on March 10th. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, that'll be one week before the NCAA tournament. And, folks, the bracket challenge is coming. You thought we weren't going to do it this year? No, folks, the bracket challenge is coming. Dude, stay tuned for that. There will the bracket. Cha- you, of course, we're doing the bracket challenge. We didn't do it last year. There was no tournament last year, so you think we're gonna miss this year? In fact, we may do it doubly big this year. So stay tuned for an awesome bracket challenge coming your way this March. All right. So um, Wendy's absolutely, um, completely destroyed the Tampa Bay Rays the other day. Um, so it was National Roast Day. You know, like. Roast, like, your mama's so fat. Like, th- that kind of roast. Like, that, that's the kind of roast it was, National Roast Day it was. So the, the Rays, the, so Wendy's put out a tweet saying, At, you know, we'll roast you if you ask us, if we, if you ask us to roast you. Um, so the Tampa Bay Rays replied, go ahead, Wendy's, absolutely roast us. Keep it spicy like your nugs. And Wendy's responded with, we're surprised you didn't pull your social media in the middle of writing that great tweet. Hashtag National Roast Day. Now, for those of you who need a reminder of what that's about, you might remember the Tampa Bay Rays pull Blake Snell in the middle of Game 6 of the World Series when he was absolutely cruising. Uh, They took him out and went on to lose that game and the series. So uh, Blake Snell, who no longer plays for the Tampa Bay Rays, in fact, he now plays for the San Diego Padres, responded to that tweet. He quote-tweeted Wendy's response and said, Yo! And then the eyes emoji and the laughing, crying emoji. So uh, Wendy's absolutely destroyed the Tampa Bay Rays. You love to see it, and they won't be the only thing destroying the Tampa Bay Rays this season, if you ask me. Uh, I, I don't I don't think they're going to be as good as they were last season. Uh, they lost Snell. That's going to be a huge loss for them. I just don't see them competing as much as they did as this past year in a, what's going to be a normal season. Um, one move in baseball. Speaking of uh, that World Series, the Rays-Dodgers World Series, Justin Turner signed a two-year, $34 million deal to stay with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, he's obviously such a huge part of their team. Uh, he was their starting third baseman. Um, so he's, he's, they want to keep him. Um, I'm still not a fan of what he did at the end of the world series, uh, testing positive and sneaking back out onto the field to celebrate with his team. I thought that was a bad look for the Dodgers, for Justin Turner, for major league baseball. But at the same time, he is the heart and soul of the Dodgers team. So I understand why they wanted to bring him back. I couldn't have seen any other team signing him. Kind of similar to Brett Gardner in a way. Um, and I wonder now if the Yankees are going to big bring back Brett Gardner now because uh, they just signed Jay Bruce to a minor league deal. Um, and so Jay Bruce is also a lefty. Brett Gardner's a lefty. So I wonder if they're going to, in fact, bring back Brett Gardner at this point. I don't know. It's I I don't know if I would if they're going to. Maybe they thought Bruce was the cheaper alternative. But yeah, Justin Turner stays with the Dodgers. 
Um, let's move into the Pakoda uh, projections. Um, I talked about this um, on on, um, on the um, Ask Brian, but majorly the Pakoda um, is a company that does baseball projections uh, and pro- uh, projections projections. Um, and so here are the stand. Here are their projections for the American League. We'll start in the American League East. They actually have the Yankees at 97 and 65. I had them at 96 wins. That's my apologies. Uh, and then they've got Tampa Bay in second at 86 and 76. Toronto in third at 85 and 77. Uh, the Red Sox in fourth at 80 and 82. And the Baltimore Orioles, sorry Tim, coming in last place at 66 and 96. So that's kind of how I get. I feel the American League East is going uh, to go. Uh, they've got the Yankees winning by 11 games. Um, yeah. I'm not going to argue with that. Um, All right, so the American League Central, uh, they've got the Twins winning the division at 91 and 71. Uh, Cleveland Indians in second at 86 and 76. Chicago White Sox in third at 83 and 79. That's kind of surprising, folks. I thought the White Sox were going to be definitely one of the favorites in the American League Central, so I'm a little surprised they're that low. Uh, Kansas City Royals 71 and 91, even though they just got Ben Attendee. And the Detroit Tigers come in last place at 67 and 95. Uh, at AL West, they've got the Cheaters at 93 and 69 in first place. Uh, second place, the Angels at 87 and 75. Uh, A's 80 and 82 in third. Seattle Mariners uh, 70 and 92 in fourth. And the Texas Rangers 67 and 95. Sorry to my friend Patrick Montgomery, who is a big Texas Rangers fan. But 67 and 95. And in the National League, here is the big surprise, folks. This is what got everyone's attention last week when these rankings and projections came out. In the National League East, do you know who Pakoda has as their first place team? Not the Nationals, not the Phillies, not the Braves, the Mets. At 96 and 66. Not only. Do they have the Mets in first place in the NL East? They have the Mets winning the division by 11 games. The next place team is the Nationals at 85 and 77. Then the Phillies at 83 and 79. Then the first place Braves last year, who came who came within one game of going to the World Series, are in fourth place at 82 and 80. You have them barely over 500? Really, Pakoda? 68 and 94 Marlins rounds out the NL East, but I really don't understand. Look, I'm not saying the Mets can't win the NL East. Personally, I think the Braves are going to, but I'm not saying the Mets can't win it. But to win by 11 games is a lot, and I don't see that happening. Even the biggest Mets fans in the world probably are going to be like, that's not completely realistic. In the NL Central, they have the Brewers winning with 89 and 73. Then the Cubs at 85 and 77. The Cardinals at an even 500, 81 and 81. The Reds at 79 and 83. And the poor Pittsburgh Pirates, 61 and 101. And in the NL West, um, which I think has the two best teams in the National League in its division, the Dodgers and the Padres, they have the Dodgers winning 103 games. So, yeah. And they've got the Padres winning 96. So the Padres will get a wild card spot. 
Um, and then the Arizona Diamondbacks at 79 and 83, San Francisco Giants at 75 and 87, and the Colorado Rockies are 60 and 102. Yeah, Rockies aren't going to be very good this year now that Nolan's gone. So, yeah, that's the Pakoda rankings. Um, projections, we will see how accurate they are. I think they are way off on the National League East. That makes no sense to me. Um, one last baseball thing. Um, you know, we talked about how um, Kurt Schilling, or not Kurt Schilling, nobody is getting into the Hall of Fame this year uh, in 2021. But they're still going to have the induction ceremony for Derek Jeter and Larry Walker. Uh, there will be no fans in attendance at that. Cooperstown just announced that. Um, this past weekend that there will be no fans in attendance at the Hall of Fame ceremony for Derek Jeter and Larry Walker. Um, so it'll be the first Hall of Fame ceremony, I believe, with no fans for the Baseball Hall of Fame ever. And that's going to be really, that sucks, you know, especially because Cooperstown's so close to New York. Uh, so many Yankee fans would probably want to go up and see Derek Jeter get in. But um, obviously health and safety comes first. So you understand why they made that decision. But, um, no fans at the Baseball Hall of Fame ceremony uh, this summer. Uh, so it will be weird, but I will still be excited to see Derek Jeter again in the Hall of Fame. And shout out to Larry Walker, too. Larry Walker was a great player. Uh, pitchers and catchers report this week. Um, they changed spring training, so now teams are only playing certain opponents. Like, for example, the Yankees are only playing Toronto, Philly, Detroit, Pittsburgh, and Baltimore because they are the closest to each other. And... Um, Shout out to Tim Tebow. Uh, shout out to Pat Stein for telling me about this first off. But uh, Tim Tebow is going to actually be coming back to spring training once again for the Mets. Uh, he's going to give it another shot. Believe it or not, Tim Tebow is going to give this whole spring training thing another shot. He's going to give this baseball thing another shot. Why not? You know, he to me, he'll always be a quarterback and he'll always be a football player. But go ahead, Tim Tebow. Why the, I'm not going to stop you anymore. Just, Just do it. Um, and then just one last baseball thing. James Paxton signed with the Mariners. Um, so I think they probably won that trade, to be honest. Um, so if you need a refresher, the Yankees traded uh, Justice Sheffield to the Seattle Mariners for James Paxton. Now not only do the Seattle Mariners still have Justice Sheffield, they also have James Paxton back. So um, good luck to James Paxton. Um, you know, he was great in Game 5 of the 2019 ALCS. Kept the Yankees season alive in that game. I'll never forget that. But um, thanks, so I'll thank him for that. But um, good luck in your returns in Seattle. All right, just a couple more things before we wrap up here. Um, I wanted to give a quick review on the Al Davis versus the NFL 30 for 30. I finally got a chance to watch it last week, and I thought it was actually very good. You know, I, it's getting a lot of criticism. Like, people are saying it's really weird. It's, it's like an out there 30 for 30. But I thought it was really good. You know, I'm not against this this deep fake. Like I, I think holograms, like when they do holograms like Tupac and stuff like that, that's weird. But this I thought was okay. Like I thought, you know, they were just trying to recreate something. And I thought it was the way they did it. They didn't rely on it a whole lot, I felt. Um, which was good, but um Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, they they use deep fake te technology. And people standing in to look like they were actually interviewing uh, Pete Rozelle and Al Davis. Um, even though Pete Rozelle and Al Davis are, are both both deceased. Uh, they were, so it was very interesting. I thought it was very cool. Um, obviously, they had to resort to this because of the pandemic. Um, and because they, um, 
they you know they couldn't quite do in person interviews the way they normally would. So I thought Al Davis versus the NFL was a great thirty for thirty. I really enjoyed the story. I didn't know a whole lot about it. So um, it's about how Al Davis tried to move the Raiders from uh, Oakland to L.A. and it talks about how they go back to Oakland and then now now they're in Vegas. I thought it was a really interesting story. So um, I I would I thought this was a great thirty for thirty. I encourage you to go watch it. You might be a little weirded out by the deep fake technology, but personally, I thought it was fine. I, I thought it was really cool and I thought it was fine. So um, that's my review of the Al Davis versus the NFL thirty for thirty. Um, I gotta say I I might have jinxed the Dallas Maver. I might have reverse jinxed the Dallas Mavericks, folks. Uh, you know I don't believe in that stuff normally. I don't believe in like jinxes and you know superstition and things like that. But you know, I all last week on both episodes last week, I talked about how I need the Dallas Mavericks to lose, and the Dallas Mavericks have won four games in a row. So did I jinx it? Am I cursed? Possibly. There's a strong possibility that I am totally cursed when it comes to this type of stuff. So um, the Dallas Mavericks have won four in a row. Uh, we'll see. Uh, if they keep it up uh, this week as we go into our NBA, NHL, EPL, Champions League schedule for the week. Um, starting with the Monday in the NBA, we've got the Bulls and the Pacers, the Rockets and the Wizards. John Walls returned to D.C. Uh, Rockets also coming off of a loss to the Knicks, who play at 7.30 against the Atlanta Hawks on Monday. That should be a fun game. Let's go Knicks. Uh, then we've got 76ers Jazz. Speaking of good games, 76ers Jazz. Hello. That is a great Monday night matchup. Cavaliers-Warriors is at 10 o'clock. Heat-Clippers, another good matchup, 10 o'clock. And the Nets versus the Sacramento Kings is at 10 o'clock. On Tuesday, we've got the Nuggets versus the Celtics, the Spurs versus the Pistons, both at 7 o'clock. Pelicans-Grizzlies is at 7.30 on TNT. Raptors-Bucks is at 8 o'clock. Uh, that's not nationally televised. Never mind. Lakers Timberwolves is at eight o'clock. Trailblazers Thunders at eight o'clock and nationally televised late at ten o'clock on TNT is Nets Suns. And then on Wednesday we've got the Knicks and the Magic. Uh, Knicks head down to Orlando. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Bulls Hornets at seven o'clock. Hawks Celtics is at seven thirty. Rocks Rockets Seventy Sixers is at seven thirty on ESPN. Uh, Spurs Cavaliers is at 8. Nuggets Wizards is at 8 o'clock. Pacers Timberwolves is at 8. Trailblazers Pelicans is at 9. Pistons Mavericks is at 9. Thunder Grizzlies is at 9. Heat Warriors is at 10 o'clock on ESPN. And Jazz Clippers, another good game, is, on 10, is at 10 o'clock. And then on Thursday night, uh, we've only got a few games in the association. Uh, Raptors Bucks is at 7:30 on TNT. Nets Lakers, that's a good one. That's going to be fun. That could be a potential finals preview between the Nets and the Lakers, possibly on Thursday on TNT at 10 o'clock. So I might stay up late for that one, folks. That's good. That's going to be a good game. And then there's also Heat Kings on Thursday, also at 10 o'clock. So that's your Monday through Thursday schedule. Um, in the NHL, uh, Blues versus Coyotes. Uh, I believe that's game seven in their seven-game series. That's at four o'clock on a Monday. Wow. COVID is, I'm telling you guys, COVID is just messing with, like, the NF, these, these, these start times right now, these NHL start times. 
4 o'clock on a Monday. Damn. Anyway, uh, there's also the Devils and the Bruins was postponed. Uh, Devils are still going through their COVID problems. Islanders Sabres is on NBC Sports Network at 7 o'clock on Monday. Senators Maple Leafs, uh, 7 o'clock. Blue Jackets Hurricanes, 7 o'clock. Panthers Lightning, 7 o'clock. Blackhawks Red Wings is at 7.30 on ESPN+. Predators Stars is at 8.30. Jets Oilers is at 9. Flames Canucks is at 10 o'clock on ESPN+. And Ducks vs. Stars is at 10.30. On Tuesday, the Devils return to action against the Rangers, the struggling New York Rangers, uh, who lost again. Uh, just another bad loss for the Rangers on Friday night against the Bruins. Uh, a one nothing defeat. Um, we'll see. Uh, they were supposed to play the Flyers today. I'm recording this on Sunday. They were supposed to play the Flyers, but that game got postponed to the Flyers' COVID situation. So now they play the Devils, who have their own COVID situation. On Tuesday at 7 o'clock, deep breath, at 7 o'clock, uh, we'll see how that game goes. Islanders Sabres is at 7 o'clock. Capitals Penguins, uh, they played today. The Penguins won 6-3. It's um, 7 o'clock on Tuesday on NBC Sports Network. Predator Stars is at 8.30 on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, Avalanche Golden Knights is at 10 o'clock. Wild Kings is at 10 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. Wednesday. Only a few games. Panthers-Hurricanes at 5 o'clock. I'm not even going to question the start time on that one. I'm done with it now. I'm done with questioning these start times. Senators-Maple leaves at 7 o'clock. Blackhawks-Red Wings, 7.30 on NBC Sports Network. Canucks-Flames, 10 o'clock. And at 10 o'clock on NBC Sports Network, we've got the Jets and Adrian Rutherford's Oilers. And then on Thursday night, we finally get the Rangers and the Flyers um, after they were postponed on... Um, on Sunday, now they'll play on Thursday, it appears. 7 o'clock, uh, we'll see how that game goes. Devils-Bruins, they finally play each other as well after they had games postponed due to COVID. Islanders-Penguins is at 7 o'clock. Predators-Blue Jackets is at 7 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. Senators-Maple Leafs is at 7 o'clock as well. Sabres-Capitals, another team's trying to make up their COVID break, the, the games they missed due to COVID. Sharks Blues is at 8 o'clock. Lightning Stars is at 8.30. Kings Coyotes is at 9 o'clock. And Wild Ducks is at 10 o'clock. Um, all right, give me one second to pull up the uh, the Champions League schedule here. Actually, I should have done this sooner, all right? But um, the Champions League does return this week. Uh, we'll see how I'm, – I'm, this is really bad radio, obviously. But um, let's see. Um, I'll go through the Premier League first since I have that pulled up now. Um, on Monday, we have West Ham United West Ham United versus Sheffield United. Um, that's today at 1 o'clock. Chelsea versus Newcastle is at 3 o'clock. Uh, then on Wednesday, February 17th, we've got Burnley-Fulham at 1 o'clock. And Everton-Man City is at, um, is at 3 o'clock. So, uh, ah, man, I can't find the Champions League schedule anywhere. But um, here we go. Here we are. Here we are. All right. Tuesday in the Champions League, we've got RB Leipzig versus Liverpool. Um, Liverpool trying to get back on track um, after. I mean, Liverpool, I know the Premier League and the Champions League are separate, but Liverpool had a terrible game this weekend against Leicester City uh, where they lost 3 1. They gave up three very quick goals to Leicester City, um, and that absolutely cost them um, just. Bad, a bad performance all around from Liverpool in this in that game. So they're going to be looking to bounce back. Um, and then they've got, and then we've also got 
Another good uh, game on Tuesday. Uh, another good Champions League game on Tuesday. Barcelona versus PSG. Uh, two of the top teams in Europe. Uh, that's going to be awesome. PSG, you might remember, went to the Champions League final last year, but lost to Bayern 1-0 in a very good game. So uh, they're going to try and run it, try and get back to the Champions League final, maybe win it this time, um, PSG. So uh, we'll see how it goes for them. And then on Wednesday, we've got Porto versus Juventus at 3 o'clock and also Sevilla versus Dortmund. Um, at 3 o'clock. So not every team is playing. Obviously, this is the round of 16. So um, some teams, Lazio and Bayern will play next week and Atletico versus Chelsea. That's also next week. And Gladbach versus Man City and Atalanta versus Real Madrid. That's all next week, but we will talk about that. Um, when that happens, I believe Arsenal also has uh, a, Europa, a Europa League fixture this week against Benfica, so we'll see how that goes. Um, they need to, that's their only ticket back into Europe at this point. So, um, come on Arsenal, win, come on you Gunners, win the Europa League. Uh, but I think that pretty much does it. Uh, I think we've covered just about everything we need to on today's episode of Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan. So thank you for listening to today's episode of Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan. Subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on Spotify, follow us on Facebook at Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan. Follow me personally on Twitter at bbry1991. Follow us on Twitter at UFRWBB. Stay tuned for maybe some more of these these Metro Pylon pictures. I mean, there could be space for them, I think, on our, our personal page for sure. Um, I, I think it could be something we could, you know, make, I could start telling stories for sure about some of these neighborhoods, but, uh, until then, you know, thank you for listening to today's episode folks, and I'll talk to you next time.